You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Here's a couple of thoughts as we start out tonight. Greater is he that is in you than he that is after you. Isn't that true? And I'm thankful for that. And, and the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, is actually the one called alongside to help, not just one called alongside to watch. And I think some people's theology, they just kind of view the Holy Spirit as just, you know, God's monitor in the earth. No, he's the comforter in the earth. He's the helper for our lives. And so I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit, our helper, one called alongside to, to help us. Amen. Now, I want to talk tonight and what, what we've been endeavoring to do. And, of course, I was out um, last week recovering. Um, and thank you so much for your prayers and cards and, and things like that. And um, just really encouraged me. I, I forgot for a minute. Facebook. Yeah, that's what the other one was. Um, cards and notes and so forth. Thank you so much. Um, and I missed being here. But the week before that, I... I I talked about a couple of theological words, terms that go along with the Holy Spirit, because what I want us to have in these 22 weeks, 24 weeks, whatever we're going to end up with on this, is I want you to have a full-blown view, so to speak, of the Holy Spirit, rather than just one or two aspects of the Holy Spirit. And I think what happens with a lot of people is they they have a limited view, and therefore they have limited expectation of what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, and and what they can expect him to help them with and because of that 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 tends to make one's theology their view of god and their faith lopsided and we do not need to have lopsided we need to be balanced thank you i think it was about five of you all right now the fullness of the spirit let's talk about what that really is It ultimately, the fullness of the Holy Spirit is not just to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's to allow the full work of the Spirit. That's what the life of the fullness of the Spirit is, is to allow the full work of the Spirit. And when we allow the full work of the Spirit, and we'll come back to this in just a moment, then that causes us to be more and more like Him. Come on, church. That causes us to be more spirit formed. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. The, the only perfect man who ever walked this earth, who was he? Jesus. Jesus. And in John three thirty four, it says that Jesus had the spirit without measure. Now that's important without limit. Uh, another way is he had the entire fullness of divine life and power in him. Now put that together, that the only perfect man, and how many of you know he wasn't a weirdo? He didn't go around chirping like a chicken, barking like a dog, hopping like some, some whatever. Come on. That is the most incredible. People were drawn to him, not repelled by him. They were drawn to him. He went about doing good. He, he walked in the wisdom of God, this perfect man who left a perfect example for us. Do not lose the connection there. He was also the one who had the Holy Spirit in fullness, without measure, without limit. So I believe the more that we have the fullness of the Spirit, truly the full work of the Spirit in our lives, the better off we're going to be. And the better off we're going to be for other people. Which is why we're here as well. Amen. Now. Let's go back to this because when we walk away from this series, I want you to remember 
these four things that we've gone over and over and over. I want you to remember these things because this, this is it, folks. This is the pattern that has to happen here. Now, we know it's not by might. It's not by power. It's, it's what? It's by the Spirit. And it's the Spirit. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives, gives life. And so it's the Spirit that's behind anything that is alive and good and godly. And, and he is the person of the Godhead that it's in the earth today. God, the father's on the throne seated at his right hand is Jesus. And the Holy spirit is in the earth today. Jesus came and did his work to make us fit temples so that the Holy spirit would have tabernacles and temples to live in. Amen. And not just live in, you know, Hey, Holy spirit, you can stay there and put some of your stuff there, but you know, just kind of chill because I got my life going on. I'll give you part of one day of every week. Now, that's not fullness of the spirit. We've got to allow the full work. So let me get back to this. So the four things, and y'all messed me up two weeks ago. So first of all, spirit born. Everybody say spirit born. Jesus said that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is Spirit. So when you actually come alive spiritually, it's a work of the spirit. So we are, first of all, spirit born. Then we are spirit. What? We are spirit filled. Now, Jesus said, he told Nicodemus, John chapter three, you must be, you must be born again. Paul said in Ephesians 5, 18, he says, imperative, strong command. He said, be what? Be filled with the spirit. So these things, this is a given. And, and I'm sorry if you've had a denomination or a tradition or, or whatever your experience has been that said that, no, no, you, you don't really need that. Yeah, yeah, you do need that. You need to be filled with the Spirit. Now, people misrepresented that and made that a goofy thing. I'm sorry that they did that. But there's a Bible way that is wonderful and brings victory into your life. Amen. And it's desirable. So you must be born again and you must be filled with the Spirit. But you cannot stop there. Is some of the goofiest, messed up people I know. Spirit born, spirit filled. So we got to go a little bit further. Come on, y'all know that I'm telling you the truth. So next, you've got to be what? You've got to be spirit led. This is what makes the difference. And then ultimately where all this is leading, I'm too tall for this thing. Say again, spirit what? Spirit formed, spirit formed. So be spirit born, born again, saved. Jesus comes into your heart and your life. Then you got to be spirit filled. And the way that is written is you got to continue to be filled. Keep being filled. Why? We leak. Nothing wrong with the supply of the spirit. It's these earthen vessels. We leak. And some of y'all are saying, no, I don't leak. Yes, you do. <laughs> Just acting that way, you showed me a leak. <laughs> have, you, have you ever felt really full before and then, you know, somebody sets you off and guess what? Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> right? Okay. So we're spirit born, spirit filled. And if, you're, if you aren't spirit born before you leave here tonight, you need to get spirit born. We'll talk about that before we leave. And if you're not spirit filled, you need to get spirit filled before you leave here tonight. Gifts from God. And then when you walk out of here tonight, you better be spirit led. The children of God are led by the spirit of God. So that means 
every child of God he would lead. Now just figure this out. If I'm born of God, then I'm a child of God. And if I want to be led by the Spirit, it just makes sense that I'd really want to be filled with the Spirit. But this is the difference right here. I just want to, this is the difference. That we're Spirit-led, ultimately, so that we can be Spirit-formed. Now, we're going to come back to part of that in just a moment. Now, please, and I know we've gone over that, but guess what? You know it now. And remember, Jesus time and time again said, again, I say to you, again, I say to you, there are themes throughout the Bible of repetition because God has certain things. And listen to me, the the plain things are the main things. And some people are looking for some deep, obscure, whatever, but really the plain things, those are the main things and they're there. And if you back up from scripture and look, you're going to find out this is what is to be happening in and through our lives. So we can actually make some kind of difference while we're here. Amen. Now. Multiple aspects of the spirit, not one, not two, multiple. Now we have a lot of writing on the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. But we also have New Testament, three main writers, Luke, John, and Paul. Now Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Paul also, uh, Holy Spirit is a feature in the writings of Paul. In many more ways than just 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay? That's one aspect. Paul reveals to us seven aspects of the Spirit in the writings of Paul. We bumped into them just a little bit two weeks ago. I'm going to go over them. These are big words. I don't use these words all the time. But these are, these are theological words for these aspects. And I'll just tell you what they are and where they fit in all of this real quick. And then I want to get on to one aspect of this tonight. First of all, is the soteriological, the, the Greek word for salvation is soteria. And so this has to do with salvation and redemption. So it goes right here. That's the work of the spirit right here. Okay. Then you have the eschatological eschatology, eschatology has to do with the future. Okay. And so this is the aspect where the Holy Spirit, do you understand that he's not only with you, he's ahead of you. God is God. One of the aspects of God is that he's able to, that makes him God is he's able to declare the end from the beginning. And he's already out there ahead of you. The presence of the Holy Spirit represents the promise of the future. Do y'all hear me? The presence of the Holy Spirit represents the promise of the future. The presence of God's peace during turmoil indicates it's a deposit of God that he's at work. Everything might be a mess right now, but if you can tap into the peace of God, that's the deposit of the Holy Spirit. I am at work. And then he'll bring it to a place of wholeness. Y'all. Now, and then our future is also sealed in, in the sense that our salvation is not some program that's going to be cut because of budgets. Or because... You know, political parties change, you know, in power or whatever. Nobody's going to mess with this. You're in his hands and you are sealed, the scripture says. And so that's the eschatological way. And then we have, and this, some people, this is the only aspect they looked at. The third one is charismatic. That's the only one that some people look at. It has to do with the gifts. 
And that's a, that is a, an important part, but that's not the whole part. Okay, y'all, please. I had somebody tell me years ago, the Holy Spirit, his main job is to be God's party planner. Now, I'm not judging anybody, but I know enough of that person and, and their history and watch them. They're very unstable, very unstable. And let me just say this, and, and, and there's a lot of talk of the rain of the spirit and so forth. It's children that play in the rain. Purpose of the rain is the harvest. Purpose of the rain is the outpouring of the spirit is to bring righteousness and, and, and to water the seed of the word. Okay. But we want all the gifts. We've talked about the, the gifts. We've talked, uh, taught on this during this series. They are for today. There's some people that think all the gifts have ceased or some have ceased. They have not. And I feel real sorry for, for a theology and a doctrine that a person would have that the gifts and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit have seized you. <laughs> Good luck. Because he is the agent of action, of power of the Godhead. And we must have the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our midst and in our services. Amen. Then, and, and that part has to do with charismatic, has to do with filled. And, and that's the Greek word, chara, charisma, has to do with gifts. And then you have the prophetic prophetic aspect that has to do with revelation that he would reveal things he knows the mind first corinthians uh, 2 says he knows the mind of the father and he's able to reveal it and he reveals he reveals it to us the things that are not known apart from him, he makes known to us he reveals the word he knows the author of the book he knows the spirit he is the spirit of the author he can reveal what that means to us he is our teacher that's the prophetic aspect that has to do with in the led and formed portions here. I've got, I want to hurry on this because we got to get to some good stuff here. Communal aspect. What does that mean? This is another aspect of the work of the Holy Spirit that we live in community. And in community for community to work, there has to be peace. There has to be unity that takes place. And that just doesn't happen here and here. That happens here. When we're at peace with one another, when we're in unity with one another, that's a work, Ephesians 4 says, that's a work of and produced by the Holy Spirit. The bonds of peace. That word bonds is actually a, a body word. It has to do with joint uh, bands, ligaments. It's what holds the body together is that, we, is that we have the peace that's of and produced by the Holy Spirit. Then we have the uh, ethical uh, aspect of the Holy Spirit. This is him working in us that we have morals, that we have conduct, that we have character, that we have right behavior. That also does, just doesn't happen here and here. That happens here when we are led. And then finally, we have the sapiential. Isn't that a big word? How many of you used that word this week? <laughs> sapiential. And it has, it has to deal with wisdom. And we're going to be talking about that tonight. Wisdom. And wisdom does not just happen Spirit born, spirit filled wisdom happens as your spirit led. And that's what's going to help you to be spirit formed. So we have many aspects. Everybody say many. We have many aspects of the Holy Spirit. Do not have a lopsided view of the Holy Spirit. He, he is the helper. He is whatever he needs to be to help his people. So don't just have one little aspect of this. You know, where would we be if, you know, if, if he hadn't done the work of salvation and redemption and revelation and helping us to get along and giving us wisdom and, and taking care of our future and all of those things, we've got to have all those aspects at work in us. 
Now, let's go back to spirit formed. Everybody say formed. Is everybody with me? Okay. Spirit formed. Romans 8.29 says that we are conformed into his image. Galatians 4.19, Paul said he's laboring like birth pains. Uh, you know, extreme effort. Those of y'all that have given birth, extreme effort. Uh, so that Christ would be formed in us. Which means literally that his life would be lived through us. That we do, we're not just doing the stuff because, okay, I'm supposed to do this. No, it's Christ's life now actually lived through us. It's the result of maturity. Come on. It's the result of maturity. And so as we are born, filled, led by the Spirit, as that work continues and we grow in Him, then Christ is formed in us. We're conformed into His image. I'm not just trying to do Christian things. I'm being a Christian. That it becomes more and more natural rather than just check Check, I'm going to work on this. No, it's he becomes more and more formed in us. And then Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit. And that's really where we see that we're spirit formed. That's a good measure. The fruit. Let's go ahead and read the fruit. And, And let me tell you what the fruit of the spirit really is. Okay. It's God's personality. It's his character. Let's read this real quick. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit. Hold right there. The Amplified Bible says the work which his presence within accomplishes. So it's a process. So it's allowing him to lead us and work in us. The fruit of the spirit is, and here's the nine that are listed. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And so... That's the fruit. Let me just put this up here. This is what we're after is fruit. Everybody say fruit. I mean, if you um, plant a grove, an orchard, uh, a garden, whatever you're after, there needs to be some kind of fruit or why are we doing it? That's why I quit gardening. (laughs) Some things just would not produce and other things were mutated. Just real weird. We look at it. You're going to eat it? I ain't it. All right. Matthew 12, 33 in the New Living says, A tree is identified by its fruit. Now, let's stop right there just for a second. If I walk up to a tree, because I'm not Mr. Horticulture or whatever that would be, and I see apples on a tree, what kind of tree we got here? Apple tree, if I see pears, if I see oranges, uh, you know, and, and my in-laws, they live kind of surrounded by groves and there's navels and there's grapefruit and there's tangerines and all those things. I can't really tell the trees apart except by the fruit. Now, maybe you're all versed and you know all those things and good for you. And I'm glad to meet you. Um, but for me, it's fruit. It's fruit. People around you. You can kind of tell what they're about by the fruit of their life. People around you, you can tell uh, by their words, which are fruit, by a number of different, by what they produce, what they're interested in, what they put their, what they produce out of their life. You, you get an idea of what they're about. Okay. 
Now, let's read this verse. A tree is identified by its fruit. Let's take it a, another aspect here. If a tree is good, its fruit will be what? Good. Will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. Now, what we're after is, come on. We're after fruit. We're after good fruit. How many of you know that everybody has fruit? How many of you know that some are a fruit? I shouldn't have said that. Did I say it? Okay. So you and I are identified by our fruit. Not just what it is, but if the fruit is good, why is the fruit good? Because the tree was good. So if you and I are producing good fruit, that's a sign that we're more and more spirit formed. But if we have bad fruit, and don't forget, everybody has fruit. Everybody has fruit. And guess what? You're always in season. Everybody has fruit. Then by your fruit, we're going to know. And and I wish we all could hide it better, but we can't. Actually, I'm glad we can't hide it better because that's also one of the graces of the Holy Spirit. To just kind of see that what's in you is going to come out. The abundance of the heart, mouth's going to speak. You're just wired that way. You can't fake your way through life. You can't duct tape apples on and go, I'm an apple tree. Okay. People are going to know. Now, hold all that in, in, in mind because I'm going to come back to something in just a moment here. There is much teaching, and I did this for the sake of time. There's much teaching about the gospel that has to do with the fall of man and the redemption of man. And typically, when we present a gospel message and we're talking to people, we refer to the fall, not the season of the year, but the fact that mankind fell and that sin entered and death entered through sin and we're powerless to help ourselves. But Jesus came and he redeemed us. He bought us back. He rescued us. Some of y'all been saved too long. He redeemed us out of the hand of the enemy. And the redeemed of the Lord are to say so. That I, I'm redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. And that's an awesome thing. But we also need to back up from this a little bit and look at a little bigger picture. And we're going to see the work of the Holy Spirit even more. And that is this. What did man fall from? And so creation was our beginning. And the Holy Spirit was at work in creation. He was the master craftsman. He was creation. He was the power of God. He was there. He hovered over the face of the deep. I mean, the Holy Spirit was major involved in creation. At creation, what was man's condition? Whole. He was whole. Now, this is not real deep. Stay with me. He was whole. He lived where? Paradise. Awesome. Perfect. No sin, no death, no competition, no anything. Till a liar showed up one day and caused discontent. To make Eve think that God was somehow holding out something on her. And he fell for that. And he, tried, he does the same tired old stinking trick on you. 
Well, God didn't really mean that. I know you thought he said that, but he didn't really mean that. And the devil is a liar. And if you listen to his lies, it will put you in darkness and it damage you. It will. Well, unfortunately, mankind fell. He fell from what? Not just creation. He fell from wholeness. He fell from ultimate life into death and brokenness. Sin and disease and death. And Jesus came and redeemed us, but Jesus, the redemption is to buy us back. But now the work, and this is a work of the spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that comes in and regenerates your spirit and makes you alive again unto God. You follow me? And now the full work of the Holy Spirit, though, is to restore. It's restoration. And where he's bringing us back to restored wholeness. The Holy Spirit's work is to bring you back. And listen, earth is way different than the garden. So now for you and I to live in wholeness, we have to have the fullness of the Spirit, the full work of the Spirit in our lives. And what he provides for us, and I love this because this helps me to understand it, supplements from heaven. We have things that no longer grow on this planet naturally. That are in heaven that he brings to us, such as peace. How many of you know there's not really peace in this earth? How many of you know people right now are looking for peace? In bottles, in drugs, in clubs, in in activities, people are looking for peace. There's no peace except from the Prince of Peace. Okay, and one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to bring us peace. Healing. Provision, grace, power, miracles. These are supplements from heaven so that we can have some sense while we're here on the earth of restored wholeness. And the more that we are spirit formed, it's equivalent to the more that that restored wholeness is working in our lives. Did you get that? All right. Now, let's take this a little bit further. Restored wholeness is evidenced by fruit. We come back to the issue of fruit. Now, if somebody has fruit in their life, let me give you a couple of the fruit that we should see. Should be happy. You should be happy. Happiness is not based on your happenings. The Bible talks about having a continual, a continual feast regardless of your circumstances. You can be happy in the Lord. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. No, if you're happy and you, if you're happy and you know it, light up your face a little bit. Lift up your countenance, all you saints of God, and give praise to the Holy One, the Scripture says. You know, we got light up on the inside. Fire on the altar on the inside. That's part of the fruit that should be going on. You should also be, and this is a big one for me, because this is what most of us lack, Stability. If there's really restored wholeness, if there's really fruit that we are being led and formed by the spirit of God, there should be some stability in our life. Not. (laughs) Glory, 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 glory. Get out of here. And can't hold it together. You never know what we up or down. Well, it depends where we're at. 
I'm talking about stability because the spirit of God is the spirit of the ancient of days who never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. No, no variation, no shadow of turning. The J.B. Phillips translation says for that passage in, in the book of James, never even the slightest hint of inconsistency. So the more spirit formed that we are, the more the, this fruit is in our life, the more stable we will be emotionally, mentally, in your jobs, in your families, in communication, in your efforts toward things. Well, you know, I'm telling you the truth. So part of the fruit is you'll be blessed. And if you're blessed, you're going to be a, you're going to be a blessing, which all of this leads to this, that you'll be functional, you'll be reliable, you'll be usable, and you'll be holy. Now, in Galatians chapter 5, the list of the fruit is not exhaustive. We list those nine fruit, but I want to submit to you tonight, that is not the whole list of the fruit of the Spirit. It's representative, but it is not exhaustive. Just, be, just as the list of the, work of the, the works of the flesh listed just above that, in Galatians chapter 5, about verse 19, that list that goes on is not complete. It's not exhaustive. It's representative. Matter of fact, it goes on and on and on and on and lists all these ugly things. And then it says, and the like. One translation, a modern translation says, and more of this kind of thing. Well, guess what? The same is true of the fruit of the spirit. It's not just those nine. That's not the exhaustive list. For example, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, we'll show this to you. Y'all with me? It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Now, if you're the elect of God, and I'm not going to get into all the controversy about election and all that kind of stuff. You're born of God. And then it says that you are holy and beloved. Well, beloved has to do with born, but holy is fruit. That's, that's evidence that you're being led when you're living a holy life. Not a popular word, but it is Bible. Um, let me read on here as the elect of God. There we go. Holy and beloved put on. Here's some fruit, tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also You must also do, you must also forgive. So it not only includes some from the Galatians five list of the fruit of the spirit. It also includes and adds in compassion. Compassion is love in action, folks. Humility. Forgiveness. How many of you know if somebody does you wrong, you got a complaint against another. How many of you know that Jesus has forgiven you? Then what would he lead you to also do? He would lead you to forgive. That's fruit of the spirit. And again, it listed kindness. Everybody say kindness. And I'm telling you what, I look for this in a real, if somebody says they're a real deal believer, I want to see kindness in them. Because you and I both know that when you and I are not being kind, we are also not being led. Now that doesn't mean we're not spirit born. Doesn't mean we're not spirit filled. But, and how many of you know that sometimes we're kind Come on. Sometimes we're kind and I guarantee you when we're being kind, we're either being spirit led or we think there's something in it for us. 
But I guarantee you, when we're not being kind, we're not being led. And if I want, and if you want to be spirit formed, we need to make sure that we're being led by the spirit. Because you know what? If you read the New Testament, if you read the New Testament, you're going to find in so many circumstances, your response, if you'll be led by the spirit is, you know what? I'm going to hold my peace. Jesus, our example, even when he was done wrong, first Peter tells us, even when he was done wrong, he w- he lived the perfect example for us. And the Bible says this, he committed no sin and no guile was in his mouth, even though people were doing him wrong and he didn't deserve it. He just was no sin and no guile, nothing ugly coming out of his mouth. And the Bible says, and he committed himself in the Amplified Bible. He committed himself and his everything to, to the God who judges fairly. That's fruit. I said, that's fruit. Let's keep going. Acts chapter six, verse three, just a few more minutes, but this is worth it folks. Therefore, brethren say, that's me. Now, which of these made you a brethren born? Okay. And then you got to act like it. Okay. But it says, therefore, brethren, this is in Acts chapter six. Let me set it up for you. The church is a brand new thing. Um, people won't go home because they think Jesus is coming back Thursday. Okay. Everybody's hanging around. I don't know if I should go back to my job or not. Cause Jesus just left and he said, he's coming back. So you got all this going on. You got people by the thousands now joining this baby church. You know, it's the, it's the beginning, the birthing of the church. And they've got a problem because the apostles who were witnesses of the resurrection, their job is to, is to pray and to minister the word. And we've got a problem here because you've got some people are being neglected in the daily distribution. Why was there daily distribution? Part of it was because people didn't go home. And part of it was, you know, everybody was hanging around. And so people would come in from all over the place. And so, you know, grocery stores and, and restaurants couldn't handle it all. Really? And so you got all these people. And so we're trying to dis- distribute and get everybody taken care of. This is in the early days of the church. And the disciple says, we can't do all of these things. We've got to stick to the main thing that we're called to do. We're not too good to do these things, but we've got to stick to the main thing that we're called to do. And so they said in Acts chapter six, verse three, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you. And this shouldn't be hard, but we're hoping we can just get seven. Men of good reputation, watch carefully, full of the Holy Spirit and what? Wisdom. Wisdom. Now, I told you I wanted to come back to that sapiential aspect of this wisdom because this one is absolutely huge. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. The message Bible says, choose seven men from among you whom everyone trusts. Men full of the Holy Spirit and good sense. Now. They were respectable. They were functional. They were trustworthy people. They had good reputation. They're full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And you know what? That's, that's what made them appointable. That's what made them qualified to be able to help. So listen, what you and I want to be, we want to be qualified to help. We want, we want to have good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom so that God could call upon us. And so that other people would say, you know what? They've got some good sense and they're following God. I can see they're just full of God. I want, I'll listen to them. 
And, and in, in church leadership, we look for people, not, not people that are bouncing everywhere and up one day and down the next. We're looking out and just like they did, we just, can we find seven guys? Good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, but this is the part that we're after. And wisdom. And I want to submit to you tonight that one of the main fruit and work of the Holy Spirit is wisdom in our life. Now, Proverbs tells us, and I'm, I'm on the dash toward the end right now. Proverbs tells us, if you read Proverbs, how many of you read the Proverbs? I want everybody to read the Proverbs. Every day, read a proverb. Today's a great day to start. It's December 1st. One. You can read Proverbs 1. And, and you got a proverb to read every day, all month long. Well, what do I do next month, Pastor? Read it again. Well, what if February only has 28 days? That's up to you. You can do some extra work or you can just skip a few. Okay? But read them because it's wisdom and you, you need to have that wisdom. But the Holy Spirit is the personification of the wisdom of God. Several times he says, I wisdom. He is the personification. Proverbs 4, 7 says that wisdom is, is pretty important. It says it's the principal thing. In the book of Exodus, when they're building the tabernacle, we find artisans and craftsmen. And it says in, in Exodus in several places that they were filled with the spirit of God in wisdom. Joshua, as he began to lead the children of Israel, the Bible says that he was full of the spirit of wisdom. In Isaiah chapter 11, prophesying of Jesus uh, that would come. Uh, it says the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And so again, notice there, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And the first thing it mentions is the spirit of wisdom. And so I think one of the main works that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life is he wants to get some wisdom into us. And let me tell you what wisdom is really just, just abbreviated real. It's God's way of doing something. When you, when you get wisdom on something, you find out what's the best thing to do. You find out what's the right thing to do. And you can't do it apart from God. But I'm telling you what, if you walk in wisdom, you're going to do the right thing. The best thing. The God thing. And when you call out to God, you need to say, fill me with a spirit in wisdom and of wisdom. Because I need to know the best thing to do. Now, listen to me. You be led by the led by the spirit, not led by opportunity. You're always going to have opportunity. Well, this opened up or that turned out or I saw that. No, you've got to be led by the spirit and by peace and by and whatever the spirit leads you to do is going to line up with his word. And when the spirit leads you and he gives you wisdom, you're going to end up doing the best thing and the right thing and it's going to line up with God's character and with God's word and with all of those things. Amen. You can be led astray. And some people I'm being led, I feel something. Well, I felt something and I had to have surgery. And sometimes people are just looking for something to be led by. I tell you what, he's on the inside of you. 
And he's helping you. And the more you get his language, his word, and you pray in the spirit so you can pray out those mysteries and get the mind of God and him. Another aspect, the prophetic aspect that he would reveal the, the word and the mind of God to you. You've got to have it and ask him. Fill me with wisdom so I don't do the wrong thing, a dumb thing, and do it in your name and think I'm doing something right and I'm led by something wrong. It's going to line up with his word. It's going to line up with all the other aspects of the spirit. Let me read this for you. This is Paul's prayer that we'd be filled with the spirit of wisdom. Now, I want you to notice that as a result of being filled with the spirit and with wisdom, that the full work of the Holy Spirit takes place in your life, bringing you to restored wholeness and to fruit. And who we got here? Tommy, if you'll come here. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, we're almost done. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. And this is a prayer you can pray over yourself too. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And here's the prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, say me. May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. That totally speaks of restored wholeness. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And it all begins with praying and asking the God of all glory to fill me with the spirit of wisdom. And folks, we need wisdom in our life. And it is yours for the asking, but it is also yours for the following And if you'll be led by the spirit, I'll tell you what, he will lead you in right paths. He'll lead you in light. He'll show you the best way, the God way, the right thing to do in every situation. Wisdom will be fruit in your life. Let me finish with this. We are brought to life by the spirit to live by the spirit, filled with the spirit, walking in the spirit, led by the spirit, sowing to the spirit, reaping of the spirit. That we would have the fruit of the spirit, including wisdom. Amen. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this tonight?